Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Alrighty, alrighty. Good morning, a good Friday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you as always to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask if you would please subscribe to the program if you're able. We also stream on Facebook on our Chatterbox Sports page. If you prefer to join us in podcast form, please do. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Here we go, big Friday. Bengals are back on the practice field getting ready for Sunday. The showdown in Buffalo. Who comes out on top? Burrow or Allen? Can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow with three new offensive linemen from just three weeks ago, including a new left tackle. So many questions, among others. We will try and answer some of those today when we're joined by Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. I mean, he's their guy that's getting his hands dirty. All the numbers, grading out players, matchups, etc. We're going to try to break it all down. And we have our weekly contributor, James Rapine. The line still stands. Is this correct? Yep. Five and a half from our friends at Betfred. And Betfred Sportsbook. On the opposite side of the bracket, in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Jaguars, a 4.30 kickoff Saturday afternoon on NBC. Kansas City was off last week as a number one seed. Jacksonville beat the Chargers on a last-second field goal, erasing a 27-point halftime deficit. The Chiefs are favored at home by 8.5. Over on the NFC side, it's a third meeting of the year between NFC rivals, the Eagles and the Giants. Philly won both regular season games, including a blowout when Jalen Hurts was healthy. But how healthy is he this week? He returned week 18, you remember, but was nowhere near 100%. The G-men looked fantastic in their win at Minnesota last weekend. Philly's at home for the game as a top seed and favored by seven and a half. And then lastly, on Sunday night, they're not red hot, they're white hot. The 49ers. They will host Dallas. San Francisco appears to be the team to beat in all the football, not just the NFC right now. They steamrolled Seattle after a shaky first half last week. Dallas played its best game of the year on Monday night in a route of Tampa Bay. Kickoff is 6.30 p.m. on Fox. The Niners a 4 Point favorite. Now, a lot of other things going on around the NFL. It's that time of the year. John Harbaugh says Lamar Jackson is the Ravens quarterback now and will be the Ravens quarterback in the future, expecting a deal to get done sometime soon. Speaking of the Ravens, they fired their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, yesterday. He had been under fire all year long, especially after Jackson went down. Harbaugh added yesterday that Jackson will have some say on who takes Roman's place. The Vikings fired their defensive coordinator, Ed Donatelli. The Dolphins fired their defensive coordinator, Josh Byers, after three seasons on the job. The Buccaneers fired offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. College news. Did Jim Harbaugh lie to investigators not once but twice 
when they asked him about recruiting violations. The NCAA says yes. Harbaugh says no. But because of it, Michigan is now facing level one infraction penalties. This could drag out into the court system, we're told, and could take at least a year. In baseball, the Kansas City Royals signed longtime Reds reliever Araldis Chapman to a one-year $3.75 million deal. Chapman, for the first time in his career, really struggled last year, his final year in New York, and was left off the Yankees' postseason roster. College basketball, boys. Our guys. Our guys, baby. NKU. Four-way tie for first place atop the Horizon League, hosted Cleveland State. They were in that group before atop the league. And won in dramatic fashion on his 21st birthday. Marquez Warwick delivered this. Lead Cleveland State. And Aruma's free throw. Good. 56-55. Cleveland State by two. 7.3 seconds to go. Get it into Sam Vincent. Across midcourt. Vincent off to Ward. Bobbled the ball. Gets it back. Shoots. Scores! A three-pointer by Marquez Ward on his birthday. That had to be from 26, 27 feet. He caught the back pass from Faulkner, bobbled the ball, picked it up, and as time ran off the clock, drained the three-pointer from 28 feet out, and NKU miraculously gets the victory, 57-56 over Cleveland State. Mark Westward on his birthday. That's our buddy uh, Jim Kelch. It is. On the play-by-play. Good for Jim Kelch and good for the Norse. Of course, Casey went to bed and had no idea about the outcome of that game. <laughs> being, oh. a, being a proud Northern Kentucky University alumni. Alumnus. Very proud of my Norse. Great Did win. you go to bed last night knowing the outcome of their game? Yes? Just a yes or yes. no? Say yes. Yes, I did. That is, oh, come on. There we go. I did. Come on. I did. All right, if you say so. Shocker in Spokane last night, Loyola Marymount ended number six Gonzaga's 75-game home winning streak. Beating the Bulldogs 68-67, it's the first time LMU had won at Gonzaga since 1991. Late last night as well, Mick Cronin and number five UCLA continue to roll. They beat Arizona State 74-62, but it was a much closer game than that score. This weekend... Number eight, Xavier. They won't be number eight after the weekend, after the loss two nights ago. Host Georgetown. That's tomorrow at noon. And on Sunday, UC hosts Memphis at one. I want to ask you something about Xavier here in a second, Paul. Lastly, Notre Dame head coach Mike Bray plans to step down at the end of this season, capping a 23-year run in South Bend, in which he became the winningest coach in school history. Bray led the Fighting Irish to 13 NCAA appearances, three Sweet 16s, one Elite Eight, and had 16 seasons where he won 20 or more games. Class act all the way. Mike Bray, I've had a chance to meet him a number of times. My son went to his basketball camp. The camp wasn't all that good. But, um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that another time. I can't believe the money they have at Notre Dame. My wife's an alumni, alumnus of Notre Dame. 
I can't believe the money they have at that school and the dorms that they ask kids to stay in at that school. It is pathetic. It's pathetic. Um, that's disheartening. Yeah, I've never seen the dorm. I've been there. Now, I'm not saying they haven't, you know, redone them here in the last year or two, but about four years ago when we went there for camp, it's a dead of summer, and they have dorms with no air conditioning. Mm. What? Yeah. It's Notre Dame. They're printing money at Notre Dame. Printing money at Notre Dame. All right. What were you going to ask me, Tom? I was going to ask you because I was thinking about this today. Um, Xavier seems very smart. I'm curious if they plan this. I've noticed that when they play on these weekends that are potentially big football weekends. Sure. And maybe they do it all the time and I just don't pay attention. But it seems so smart to me that when they've played these last couple of weeks, and maybe television has something to do with it, I don't know. But when they've played these last couple of weeks at home where the Bengals were playing or you had the, the NFL playoffs, do, do, they, do they take that in mind when they're scheduling these noon games? Because I think it's really smart. They do. When they play on Fox, when they play on the major Fox networks, they definitely do. This game tomorrow is on FS1, and I know that Fox does keep that in mind with the NFL schedule. Now, like the game a couple of weeks ago against Marquette, or this past Sunday against Marquette, they had a tentative tip time scheduled in that one. It could have been at 12 or 4.30. And then when the uh, NFL schedule came out, they put it at 12, and they had the Bengals at, in the night game. So, um, yeah, they do have some flexibility. And, I mean, even Xavier, if you think back to uh, early December, there was a game, the, the game against West Virginia, that was originally supposed to be on a Sunday, and then Xavier had it moved to Saturday, so it didn't conflict with the Chiefs game. So, yeah, they, they do their best to make sure that if it's on national television, which they all are, then they, they're going to – get the most eyeballs on it it's really smart yep what time is uc's game one one o'clock okay. and, 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 and you know for this round of the playoffs that's okay yeah and i mean <laughs> I, I say it's okay the Bengals started three Bengals started three so they didn't know that that'll lead right into it i mean that that should be done right around then but I mean, yeah big game for uc especially you know landers nolly one of their best players now I mean, he's he's starting to play a lot better memphis transfer so playing against his old team and i mean uc's played really well the last three yes. games but they also haven't the, they haven't been great teams. So it'll be really encouraging for UC if they can get this win at home, you know, on on, uh, on a game like this against a, a really good Memphis team. I mean, th that, that would be a pretty good litmus test if they can win this one. Yeah, it's a big game for them. We yep. wish, I mean, they're 14-6. and six. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I know they maybe haven't beaten anybody, you know, a big-time team or whatever it might be. But, 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 look, there were a lot of people a number of weeks ago uh, that felt like when Wes Miller got that contract extension, they were like, w what are you talking about? They were like yeah. a game over 500 or whatever it was and weren't looking to get blown out by Ohio State, right? Well, they, they, announced the, they announced the contract extension immediately after the shootout loss, which is why I think everybody was a little frustrated. But, yeah, I mean, there's signs of positivity, which is more than you could have said about a month ago, right? It looked like a month ago everything was kind of stale and nobody was really sure what kind of direction UC was moving in. But now they're at least – Yep. moving in the right direction but hey let's do it against some of these bigger teams like memphis so all right boys uh here we are we're, we're roughly uh t minus 48 hours and counting um two of the three of you casey mcallister paul fritchner brandon Seho, uh the first and the last mentioned in that trio are headed to buffalo orchard park new york now brandon is making this a family trip. He's going with his mom and his stepdad. So, you know, 
they, they got a little extra cash to spend. They've decided now they're going to drive up today and, and take a little car break from the six or seven hour ride. This time last week, I'm going 11 hours. Texarkana. No stopping in Akron after four hours, wherever you're stopping, somewhere across the border in New York to take a break. <laughs> Tired. I just actually got a hotel for me and Thomas. So. Yeah, but I, I'm guessing, and I don't know. You are driving Saturday? Yes, we're driving to Saturday. To Buffalo, roughly around the area? Yes, it's okay. like 30 minutes away from Buffalo. Okay, and so, but, but basically you're driving to I Buffalo. Brandon says he needs a, a break from his mom and stepdad. I, I get that. I get that. I get that part. But Casey, uh, the poofy-haired fancy boy says you're going to Buffalo with your mistress, Thomas. <laughs> That's a good line. Um, lots of nonsense on the chat early on here. I mean, complete nonsense. Uh, my comment about Notre Dame and how, um, you know, um, they drink White Claws at Notre Dame. And then Sir Boy Wonder says they drink Rolling Rocks. Now, that's a good beer, Rolling Rock. Never even heard of it. The pride of Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Rolling Rock. You know what Rolling Rock is, Paul? That's a good beer. Never heard of it. Solid beer. I've never even seen this label. I've, I've it's never a heard green of it. bottle. Yeah, kind of looks like a ginger ale. I I've mean, it's, it's it. a rock-solid choice. What, what is it most closely, like, if you were to... Yeah, if I was to drink this, what would it kind of taste like? Uh, well, it's got a little more, you know, kind of... Um, Character? Well, no, just fullness to it, obviously. It's not a light beer, although they, I think they do have Rolling Rock Light. Um, it, it's a Pennsylvania beer. It's better than Iron City, in my opinion. Paul Doherty might disagree with that. Um, I think it's a solid, just solid beer. Solid. You know, kind of like um, um, Little King. Solid beer, you know? Solid. May not be. Gets the job done. It, well, there's no question. And, and there may be 10,000 of those uh, consumed at my house this weekend. I don't know. Boys weekend, Tom. Yes, it is. I'm solo this weekend. Oh, boy. Yeah. I had to take my son to the airport this morning going on a college visit. He's traveling on his own for the first time. My wife is meeting friends, high school friends of hers. She grew up out in Arizona. Um, but they're meeting in Colorado. So, me, our two dogs, you know, have a few of the boys over. Paul, since you're the only one in town, I mean, I know you're going to college basketball games. If you want to come over and, and hang out, you're more than welcome. Let's go, Tom. Absolutely, you're more than welcome. Okay. And, and apparently a lot of Brandon's friends are on here today because they're talking about bars in uh, Oakley. The Oak. Now there, now we're talking. Now we're talking about an establishment. The Oak is a great spot. The Oak is a great spot. I've spent it is. I've spent many nights at the Oak. Paul and I were there together. I've seen Brandon many times at the Oak, <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> I didn't think you went anywhere else, Paul, except for Dana Gardens. No, I was there last. Is it week. Dana Gardens plural or Garden? Uh, gardens. What do you just call it, Dana's? Do they have gardens? Beer gardens. I keep telling myself I got to get in there sometime. It's, it's, Every time I drive by it, I say, I can't believe it. I, I might have been in there a thousand years ago. Probably was when I was 
right out of college, but not been back since we moved back now 14 years, whatever it is ago. And um, yeah, I got to get in there and check it out. Sign your name on the wall, Tom. I don't think I have a lot of big fans over at Xavier. Mm. I don't think so. No? No, no <laughs> I don't. I, you would agree with that. Am I right or wrong? I talk him up. You do. I'm the guy that says Sean Miller's a great coach in the whole nine yards. I mean, come on. Agreed. All right. Uh, anybody feeling any different? Um, Casey, as we get close, before we have Sam come on here in about 10 minutes, uh, better feeling, worse feeling. I couldn't believe the take yesterday, which we'll get to later, from Eric Weddle. Um, I don't feel any different. Okay. I feel very confident. Um, just hearing a lot of good things, a lot of things I didn't know. Um, the, the most encouraging part was Jackson Carmen getting reps at left tackle since Jonah Williams got his first knee injury. Yes. Um, that makes me feel a lot better. Um, makes me feel like he won't have a big learning curve. You know, like he's getting, he, he's got plenty of reps there before. Um, grew up in that position. So I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling confident that we're not going to see a dramatic drop from Jonah to Jackson. It's, it's not going to be as uh, crazy as everyone thinks it will. I've convinced myself that this is the Jackson Carmen career changing narrative game. That would be crazy. Wow. That's you're, what you're I'm saying in the positive sense. Yes. Okay. Guys had a miserable career to this point. Got to turn things around. Local kid. Saw one local kid step up last game. It's Jackson Carmen this weekend. I mean, that, would that be is awesome. what I have incepted myself to think. That'd be awesome if he just ended up being one of our better offensive linemen all of a sudden. You know what? I mean, look, the world is right in front of this guy. It's right in front of him. We're not talking about some, and this is not to disparage. Anybody that's drafted in the fifth or sixth or seventh round. This guy was a second round draft pick. He was coming out of one of the most prominent college football powerhouse programs in the country. His quarterback was Trevor Lawrence. He was a starting left tackle. So there has to be a number of things that you watched on film coming out of college that made you believe this guy had a chance to be a starting offensive lineman for your organization for years to come. Yeah. He showed up overweight. He wasn't in good shape. When he played, he didn't play well, but they were in fairness to ask him uh, to play a different position. But now all of a sudden, Paul brings up a great point. This is the moment. I don't know how many of these we get in life. For some, there seem to be more. For others, there seems to be less. But this is the moment, or one of the moments, for Jackson Carmen. He's whiffed on a couple of other of those moments. Who is he going to be? What does he want to be? Is he ready to do everything to completely change the narrative of what people think of when you hear the name Jackson Carmen as a football player, not as a man? This is his time. 
because the way Jonah Williams has played this year, and I give him all the credit in the world, we have not beaten him down this year. Some have. We have not done it here on Off the Bench. The guy played through a dislocated kneecap and never missed a snap. He's had the injury now again. He's not going to make it back for this game. But he's in line to make a ton of cash. He's still on his rookie deal. If Carmen steps up, he could potentially be your left tackle in 2023, next year. He's got a chance. He's got the body. He's got the frame. He's got the athleticism. Does he have the makeup? And when his moment is in front of him, is he going to have it slip through his fingers like he did his first try here, first couple of tries here? Or is he going to grip that thing with an iron fist and not let anybody take his job ever again? We're going to take a timeout. Sam Monson coming up on the other side of the break from Pro Football Focus to talk about anything and everything that is the Bengals v. Bills on Sunday. Stick around. It's that time of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Casey, what are your thoughts on Jackson Carmen? I really, I really do like the narrative that that we have created here in the studio. That this is the game that he really makes a statement. That that, you know, that he can be the guy in the future. And the one thing that I do, I do think that there was something in the back of their mind when they took Jackson Carmen that he could be the guy, because. Jonah Williams, especially like this year, was probably one of the worst left tackles in the league. And it's really honestly a shame because I think he played admirably towards the end of the stretch uh, of this season. But when you give up 13-plus sacks and the team has already signed him for his fifth-year extension, so he's already on the books for $12 million. But there is a chance that they could find a trade partner. If, if Jackson Carmen performs well enough, the Bengals could be in a really good spot. I mean, I think I think they could move Jonah around. I know they've said they wouldn't, but if Jackson Carmen came up on this game and plays well, and then he goes to the next game in the championship game, plays well. I don't see. I I think there's a true battle there. I think there's a a. a at least an argument to be made. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me in this game is just figuring out whether he can hold his own. Maybe even not so much does he play well. Does he just not play badly, right? Is it enough if he just doesn't stink? Is that good enough? Does that check the box? Do, are we sitting here on Monday, potentially after a Bengals win, if Jackson Carmen just doesn't suck, and I don't know what that looks like, honestly, I, I don't really know what what that looks like. Does it mean he only gives up one sack? You know, I I don't know. I don't know what success looks like for Jackson Carmen this weekend. Is there something in your mind that you're thinking of right now that makes you say that, that or that makes you think that? Is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head? The one thing that I think helps his case is that the Buffalo Bills cannot pressure 
right now. They, they are having a really tough time creating pressure with just four defensive linemen. They have to have, they have to fabricate their pressure. They got a blitz. And if he's truly learned from the experience and he's taking the, tr the, the training and the coaching, he's going to be good up here <laughs> in between the ears. And that is what's really going to be the difference because he's already a physical specimen. I mean, he was the strong man of the year in the college. I'm pretty sure or high school, something like that. He, he's a strong dude. So if he plays and he plays well enough to just not be bad, I really do think that there is a conversation to be had next year. But if we're going to focus about this year, Jackson Carmen, I think his strengths are going to be in the run game. Um, just based off of his natural strength. And like I said before, I think they really need to, to focus on the balance and, uh, you know, have a balanced attack for the Bills. But, you know, they've got some injuries in, in uh, safety. Um, I'm sure the Bengals are salivating. They're wanting to attack, attack, attack. Um so we'll see what the game plan is. But I think it would be a major mistake if they didn't try to establish a run game with him at left tackle. I agree. I very much agree. Tom, how are we looking? Well, not too good when you leave your glasses in the other room. Uh, oh, no. Sean, please come on in here. He, he was kind enough to grab them for me. Um, Dixon. Dixon. The main man. He's got, is he going to Buffalo, too? You going to Buffalo, <laughs> Dixon? Too far of a drive. Too far, oh, too far of a drive. Oh, He's out of here. All right. But we He's do have somebody be, in. I mean, come on. He, look, Sam Monson knows something about toughness. He has to, you know, watch all these guys every single week and what's going on. These guys, Sam, uh, kind enough to join us from Pro Football Focus. You know, these – I drove from here to Texarkana, Texas, a week ago today in one day. One day. These guys are going to Buffalo. They got to stop in Akron to take a little break <laughs> to spend the night. Now, does that sound like a guy you'd be grading at pro football focus? No, I mean, it feels like if you've got multiple people in the car, you can make the trip in one go, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, look, it's, 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 it's so soft, but an indictment on our society in general. All right, Sam, let's get right to it. You do this for a living. Uh, you guys do an unbelievable job at pro football focus, whether it's at the professional level, collegiate level. Uh, and breaking down players and plays. All of the talk this week with the Bengals and Bills seems to center, rightfully so, on the Bengals' offensive line. I want to ask you, starting first of all, it's not a huge sample size. Uh, you do, in Sharping's case and Adenogy's case, uh, can go back to last year or the last number of years when Sharping was starting in in Houston and, and Adenogy was starting on the offensive line for the Bengals a year ago. But from what you've seen this year, how have those two guys done so far replacing the two injured starters? Yeah, I mean, I think all three of the spots that Cincinnati has had to cover now in the last few weeks are downgrades when these guys come in. Um, it's starting to look a lot more like that Cincinnati offensive line from last year, which as we know, was massively problematic, um, which puts them in a tough spot because we know that they're able to overcome that. We saw it a year ago, but it relies on Joe Burrow being superhuman under pressure, which is a just a very risky thing to be relying on in any given game. 
Um, it makes everything an awful lot more difficult. He's going to be under pressure more often. The only thing I think this week that sort of stands in their favor is this Buffalo pass rush has not been anything like it was earlier in the season. When Vaughn Miller was there, um, they had maybe the best pass rush, maybe the best front four in the NFL. They were leading the league in pressure rate for a period. They had the lowest blitz rate in the league. But then you take Von Miller off that, and they've been steadily scaling up the amount they blitz, but they've also been heading in the wrong direction in terms of pressure rate. They just haven't been able to get to the quarterback at anything like the same kind of rate. Let's look at Carmen for a second here, because, look, the guy comes out of Clemson. You were grading him then uh, when he was a left tackle. Let's just start with the collegiate game. I know it's a very different game, but the position is the same where he's going to start this year. How did you grade him as a left tackle playing in front of and protecting Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he graded particularly badly in college, but it's a big uh, step up. And, you know, a lot, pretty much everybody on the offensive line that we're grading coming out grades pretty well. You know, that's why they're high-end NFL prospects. The problem is what happens when you step up the level of competition. And even from, you know, elite-level college competition, whether it's national title games, whether it's the SEC, it's still a huge step up when you get to the NFL. And you look like a, you look at a guy like Alex Leatherwood, for example, who was a you know, top-end offensive tackle for Alabama, doing great at the college level, steps into the NFL and can't block anybody. I mean, Alex Leatherwood was immediately... Um, a disaster for that Raiders offensive line, got benched, got uh, moved on from. It's a huge difference. So, yeah, Carmen graded well for us in college, but that's definitely no indication that he's going to be a, a capable NFL player at the same position. All right, well, what little you've seen of him at left tackle, and it's not much after he took over for Jonah Williams. Uh, your rankings would tell you that potentially he's a better run blocker or pass blocker or not a noticeable difference. I think he's definitely a better run blocker. Um, the one thing about this is it's not like Jonah Williams was having a good season either. Right. I mean, this is the one sort of crumb of comfort for Cincinnati is that Jonah Williams led the NFL this season in sacks given up. He had 12 of them. So they're not replacing a superstar. You know, they're, they're, play, they're replacing a guy who I think is a capable average starting left tackle, but wasn't necessarily playing that way this season. He was having the worst year we've seen from him in his NFL career. So Carmen doesn't have a tremendously high bar to clear to be not a, a huge downgrade for that team. Um, I think he will help and actually maybe upgrade as a run blocker, but it's all about that pass protection and what that does to Joe Burrow. Is there any, uh, based on, on all the gradings and in, in the situational uh, parts of football, is there any one area that you guys have looked at at Pro Football Focus and you said, okay, the Bengals have a significant or a big advantage and conversely the same for Buffalo? Any area of this game? I think there's a couple of areas where Cincinnati has a pretty decent advantage. Um, that Bills secondary has been banged up all season. You know, they started the year with injuries coming into the season. Tredavious White wasn't back yet from his injury. They, they've had a banged up secondary all season long. It obviously feels wrong to, to include DeMar Hamlin in the sort of injured category of, of Bills defenders, but he, he adds to the list of guys that are not out there and not playing. 
Um, and when you have to try and cover guys like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all the weaponry that Cincinnati can deploy, I think that is a pretty big advantage in Cincinnati's favor if their pass protection can hold up long enough to attack it. And then the other area I think that people aren't really focusing on is the other battle in the trenches. You know, we're all looking about how this Buffalo pass rush is going to give Cincinnati's offensive line problems, but the Bills' offensive line has not been good all season long, and those guys have to block, you know, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, like the, the talent that the Bengals' defensive line can deploy. So I think that's another um, advantage in Cincinnati's favor. Have your numbers shown it feels like it doesn't mean that it's true? It feels like some of these young players along that defensive line for the Bengals, whether it's Osai or Carter, among others, it feels like after having an extended period, I thought, where it didn't feel like, it feels like now they are starting to put more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Is that accurate or inaccurate? Um, I don't think that they've had a massive uptick in pressure. I think the Bengals generally rank sort of middle of the pack in, in pressure rate. They're, uh, they're, they're getting pressure something like, what is that, 30% of the time, which is almost exactly league average right now. Um, but it's still hugely reliant on the superstars that they have. I mean, Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard account for most of the pressure that they're bringing on opposing quarterbacks and have basically all the way through the season. Um. Okay, so, so you have that. If you were the coach of the Cincinnati, your offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, we know what we know, or in, in small part, what we don't know, what's going to happen with Carmen. But what we do know, you have three new offensive linemen as starters, and as you mentioned, it's a downgrade. We know what Burrow has done against pressure in the past and against blitzing in the past. He's been a very, very good quarterback. If you were the offensive coordinator of the Bengals, let's start with a run game. Um, can you run against this Buffalo team? The Bengals have not been a great running team. At, at times, they haven't even been a good running team. No, I think you absolutely can. Um, the Bills are one of these defenses that generally invites the run schematically. You know, they're going to play with a lot of too high coverage shells. They're going to play with fewer guys in the box. And to an extent, they're going to invite you to run the ball because – whether or not it's just because that's how they play their defense and that's the sort of area of potential weakness that it opens up, or whether they're actually one of these teams that specifically wants you to run the ball because it is less effective overall than passing, and that's actually a sort of a, a way that they're designing that entire defense, you can definitely have success running the ball against this group. I don't know how much because you're, you're so analytical and so much inside the grades and so much inside the numbers. It has felt to me, Sam, and again, maybe I'm way off base here. It's felt to me like the Bengals have been, maybe not hitting the home run ball, but it feels like they have been a more take-it-to-you offensive line and run game when P. Ryan has run the ball and played in the backfield as opposed to Mixon. True or false? I think they've been more effective at times. I don't know that it necessarily, um, you know, is a cause and effect thing. I don't know that P. Ryan is actually sort of sparking any change there, but I think he's definitely benefited from some improved run lanes and some spaces than Joe Mixon. You see that sometimes um, when backup running backs come in and they, they seem to get the better rub in terms of the looks and the plays that are being called and, and how that benefits them. And then sometimes 
you get examples of where they are genuinely more effective players like Tony Pollard versus Zeke Elliott for the Cowboys. It's been years now where he's been outperforming Zeke Elliott. And, and I think for a while, people thought it was just the better looks, the, the more advantageous kind of positions and defenses. But the longer it went on, the more it became clear that he's just a better running back at this point than Zeke Elliott is. I don't think we're there with the Bengals and Joe Mixon. I think P. Ryan has just benefited from some of these better looks, better situations, more favorable kind of down and distance spots running the ball. Um, Josh Allen, I, I just find him to be such a, a an interesting uh, player um, statistic. I mean, you know, physically, he has everything you'd ever want in a quarterback. Big, strong, fast, big arm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He also leads a league in turnovers. Um, when you evaluate his game it, and you mix in all the things you see, is it easy to say, yeah, he's one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the league? Or when you guys are grading him, are you seeing that same thing? I think it's both. I mean, he is one of the top three, I think, quarterbacks in the league, despite leading the league in turnovers and leading the league in turnover-worthy plays. Like, this is the enigma of Josh Allen right now, is that the, the only question Buffalo is asking is whether you can take away some of those turnovers and some of those bad plays without affecting the high end or is that part and parcel of what you get when you sign up to the Josh Allen experience but last week was like a microcosm of his entire season where it was just hyper aggressive an average depth of target over 17 yards which yep. is the the highest of any quarterback in a single game this season but he had seven what we call big time throws which are PFF's highest graded throws which again is the highest we've ever seen in a, in a single game this season like but it comes at the cost of that hyper-aggression um, caused some bad plays, caused a couple of mistakes, caused turnovers. And that was the thing that was keeping Miami in that game because Skylar Thompson and that offense certainly wasn't. Like the, the Josh Allen mistakes were what were allowing the opposition to keep that close and, and to make it go as deep into the game as it did. Um, but it's also what makes Buffalo basically the second best offense in the NFL this year behind Kansas City. When you look at their style of play, um, can they run the ball against the Bengals this week? That, I think, is a big question. Um, they haven't been great at running the ball. Generally, they don't do it a lot. They're one of the most pass-happy teams in the NFL. Um, and certainly, when you adjust for sort of situation, look at you know obvious passing downs. or They don't run the ball a lot. They're going to pass the ball and it's all through that Josh Allen arm um, and with that weakness on the offensive line I don't know that they're particularly well capable of doing it either so when DJ Reader has been healthy this season he's been one of the best interior disruptive presences in the entire NFL certainly against the run yeah I think Buffalo will find it tough to run the ball outside of what Josh Allen can do um, I, I talk about Buffalo style of play. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and, and I don't know how much you guys get into the quote-unquote weeds about stuff like this. Buffalo plays very fast, and that can mean they score very fast or they have to give the ball up very fast. Uh, I think Miami, uh, it was noted on the show yesterday by our buddy Zim Hude that, that, that Miami had 15 offensive possessions in the game last week against Buffalo, something like that. Um, if you're Buffalo, uh, look, you, 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 know, you, 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 you go with what got you here, so to speak, 
but every coach has to make adjustments and make changes. Would you be surprised if Buffalo wants to continue to play this this fast game, knowing that you're, you're giving potentially over the course of a game, Joe Burrow in this offense, X number of possessions, X number more plays in the game on offense? Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a problem with their tempo and with their pace. But another thing that gives them extra possessions is those turnovers, you know, yeah. the mistakes and just giving the ball straight back to the offense. Like that, I think, is the challenge for this Buffalo offense is trying to figure out if they can dial back the number of mistakes that they're making without taking away, you know, the thing that makes Josh Allen special. And if you look at the last couple of years when he's been at his best, when Buffalo needs plays, it's been Josh Allen stepping up and making them happen basically all by himself. Obviously, there's somebody on the other end of it, generally Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis in the playoffs last year. Um, but Josh Allen steps up and makes things happen by himself. But does he need to do that all the time? You know, because sometimes it leads to him maybe trying to do too much and creating some of those turnovers and errors that maybe didn't need to be there. I mean, last week's game, like I said, that average depth of target of 17 is crazy. I mean, an average depth of target above 10 yards is high. So 17, which got higher in the fourth quarter when they had a lead, you know, when most teams are trying to sit on the ball and just chew up some clock, that's the balance I think that the Bills are going to be looking at this week and, and seeing if they can tweak a little bit. Maybe we can dial back the aggression just a little and maybe save a possession or two with that with that doesn't end in a turnover. Um Teams that have had success defending Allen in the in, in his run game, you hear so much uh, the the use of the word spy. I I don't know if teams actually use that word or not. Are there some teams that have done a better job against Allen in keeping him from running the ball effectively? Yeah, I mean, I think you can do a couple of things to sort of dissuade the run. You know, playing. Like two-man coverage is obviously kind of suicidal against a quarterback like Allen, who's going to take the obvious space. When you give it to him, you can take away the obvious space. The problem that Josh Allen presents as a runner is the plays where you actually have it covered perfectly on the chalkboard, but he just invalidates that by being a bigger, stronger, faster athlete than the guy that's trying to stomp him. You know, there's so many plays where Josh Allen is able to take off and he's one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker and he just powers through the contact or jumps over the top of it or spins around it. There's nothing you can do about that on defense um, other than just hope it doesn't happen in that particular high leverage down and distance or whichever play you need to get him off the field. But I think that's what makes Allen really special as a runner is, is he's such a, a unique athlete that it's very, very difficult to stop. Uh, are you in the prediction business, Sam? Any prediction for this game? Yeah, I, I do like Cincinnati. I think everybody's down on them a little bit because of those offensive line losses in the last few weeks. And also, you know, obviously the, the game that got abandoned because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. I think we would be looking at this team in a different light if that game had been able to get played through to its conclusion. And this sort of back, back half of Cincinnati's season was looked at, you know, holistically or in totality. I think we would be looking at this as maybe the best team in the AFC, even with the injuries to the offensive line. So I think Cincinnati definitely covers the uh, the spread and, you know, maybe springs an upset on the road. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, um, I, I've always been curious. I've had people ask me this question and, 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 and uh, Casey McAllister, what, what do you, you said you're a premium. What, what do you remember a PFF? 
elite member what are you yeah one of their like uh, premium subscribers okay get, like, so their, for the yeah. average guy out there sam tell me if they want to subscribe to pro football focus what it is they're getting so it's all pff plus now we streamlined it it's one subscription that's all you need and that gets you everything we do from play-by-play -play player grading from fantasy tools from the sort of locked um, content that we have on the website, our PFF app, the betting system that we have, basically everything that we provide that's a premium feature we, you can get from your PFF Plus subscription. So whatever you're into, whether it's just uh, advanced data and grading and analytics, whether it's the fantasy or the betting stuff, it's here for you. Well, I hope the Bengals offensive line is a little more alive than your puppy back behind you there because it looked like he or C <laughs> decided resting. to take a serious snooze back there. Look at that shot. That looks like Seho on a Saturday night about 1A. <laughs> What's your dog's name there, Sam? Jovi. Is that a boy or a girl? It's a girl. She's, a girl. Uh, she's named after the, the character from Elf. Did you know that, Casey? <laughs> no, I did not know. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Sam, we can't thank you enough for your time today and all the great work you guys do at Pro Football Focus. Thanks so much, and have a good weekend. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Oh, very, very nice to have him. Now, that is, is, is breaking it down. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. All right, what jumps out to you guys over what you just heard? And we have James Rapine coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Well, you should have seen Casey's eyes light up when he predicted a Bengals well, win. Well, of course. Well, he said a lot of the same things that I was kind of iterating and, you know, trying to give this perception that the Bengals aren't as down bad as people believe right now including our fans they think that the the lineman situation is just catastrophic but I mean it, it's one thing about the right side I'm not super super concerned about the right side um but it, regardless I'm just trying to say that the Bengals are not as down bad as we all perceive in fact if you want to really talk about a team that's down bad let's talk about the bills oh here we I go mean, let's go did he, have, did he have anything positive to say about the bills i didn't hear a single thing let's go tom well he had a lot let's of good... go tom fire me up casey he had he's... a lot of good things to say about the Bills. selective hearing don't worry about it tom selective hearing i mean he said their quarterback's pretty good an enigma <laughs> but but we know that an enigma there's no doubt about it i mean he's one of those guys and you know i mean it the best of the best and the worst of the worst. And, man, you, you, you know, you're rolling the dice a little bit. Consistency is closer to best of the best than worst of the worst. He even said that. You want to know what enigma is in the NFL? Inconsistency. With no question. And let me tell you, his game doesn't sound consistent to me. Well, you're starting to get jacked up now. Jerry. You got <laughs> that look in your eye up. like you're ready to get in that car. I'm ready. Tell your mistress Tomas and get rolling. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to roll. You know, what's funny is I was listening to that conversation. He was talking about the uh, he was talking about the lines and he was talking about the Bills not being the best pass rush and the Bengals maybe being able to have some success that people aren't thinking about. And then he goes, well, you know, the the Bengals pass rush hasn't been so bad either. And I just keep thinking in the back of my mind, this spinoff marketing campaign. Of, they keep saying, well, they got to play us. They gotta, I'm thinking they got to block us. They got to block us. <laughs> they got to block us. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, they got to block us, too. I mean. Well, it's true. Come on. It's true. I, Come I, on. I, fire I, me up. You know, I don't know where that whole thing, they ha they got to play us. I swear that was a Zim Hude thing. I, I, I know that they're, they're, 
they're they're saying that that originated somewhere else. And it's not like it's some you know uh, you know epiphany all of a sudden that for the first time anybody's ever heard it. But I I swear that was Zim Huda, and he's tight with the players. I wouldn't right? be surprised if he came up with it and they just kind of rolled with it. Sure, yeah. let's just mark it down. It was Zim Huda. That was Zim. It was Zim. I mean, why not? Zim. We got to give somebody credit. Man. Give Zim credit. That's Zim. our guy. Zim. He's a man. Uh, you know, what, what is wrong with some of you in the chat? Oh, no. I mean, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what? Seriously. What's wrong? <laughs> Do you honestly think that I was in on the Ravens wanting them to win last week? <laughs> I just took them against the spread. Okay? And, and for a couple of you now, uh, dude, Tom's all in on the Bills. Uh-oh. I don't give I, a rat's tail about the Buffalo Bills. The only thing you said about the Bills was something about nice, something nice about Josh Allen. That's all you said. Are you meaning to tell me that he doesn't warrant saying something good about him? I mean, come on. The guy is, no, for the last three years, he's taken his team into the playoffs. I went back last night. Uh, my son and I, Luke, were going through about Buffalo and how big of a home field advantage really is Buffalo. We know about Bill's Mafia, right? Yeah. And phenomenal fan base, great fans, good people. Uh, I've done a number of games in Buffalo. Love doing games up there. Love the, the, the people that work in the organization. They've been there a long, long time. A lot like a lot of the, the people that work in the Bengals organization. They're, they're, they're good people. I wasn't a big Marv Levy guy, but they're good people. Um, but, you know, um, when, when you look over their run at home, this is not a team that is like some unbeatable team at home. They're good. They're really good. Obviously, they're going to be better than most just based on their overall record, right? But... You know, they're not an unbeatable team by any stretch of the imagination on their home field like some others in the NFL. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase played in the SEC. I don't think these guys have any sort of concern about noise. Maybe weather. You know, I don't know what the weather's going to look like. If the weather's bad, that's something totally different. But if it's a noise and environment thing, that's not something the Bengals yeah. need to worry about. Yeah. For me at this point, there is nothing schematically player-wise that I'm concerned about. The only thing I'm concerned about is the weather. And the weather, to me, is supposed to sleet, right? It's supposed to be a mixture. It's supposed to be rain and snow. And they were already – no, I'm not selling my tickets. But it's just – that is a mixture that, one, Jamar Chase is – the first time he ever saw snow was in Cincinnati. And he's never played in snow. So this is going to be the first time he's playing in sleet. For Joe Burrow, this is the first time he's played in – or it was like the second or third time that he's played in snow in, in a professional – in some sort snow. of level. Well, he grew it's, up playing in crummy weather. You know, obviously yeah, in Athens, but, Ohio. He played high school. He didn't get a lot of playing time at Ohio State. Uh, and, you know, on bad weather days at Ohio State, once, you know, November came around, he was practicing inside. Uh, the Bengals never had a, an indoor practice facility until this year. Um, it, it's always interesting to talk to guys, and I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago uh, in, Troy, in, in talking with Troy Aikman um, uh, about, you know, a lot of people think wind is a big deal for a quarterback, and for some it is. 
A lot of people think cold is a big deal for quarterbacks. Ken Anderson said the other day it wasn't a big deal for him. Uh, Troy Aikman did talk about a wet ball. For him, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal. He could throw it through the wind. I mean, that guy could throw it through this brick wall uh, when he was in his heyday. Uh, he had that kind of an arm. But he said, man, you get that thing wet. He said, some guys, it's not a big deal. Other guys, it's a really big deal. And, and both of these guys, I mean, look, who's played in crummier weather in their career in a short amount of time than Josh Allen? Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's Nobody was, in the NFL. Yeah, that's where I was kind of getting at is, like, maybe he would be more comfortable with the weather that's about to happen, and some of our guys might not be. It's not really that big of a concern, but I do think it could change the game plan a little bit. And it's actually going to be in the favor that I want it to go, if that is the case, and that's to run the ball. And I think it was really encouraging to hear Sam talk about that it would be an upgrade, especially on the left side, which we've really struggled to run on the left side. And it's partially because Jonah Williams is undersized at the left tackle position. We got a rookie at the left guard. But when you get a guy like Jackson Carmen, and he, I'm telling you guys, he's a physical specimen. The dude can can – Bench press. We me, are you in every Jackson Carmen. I'm I'm totally in. I'm buying into this this narrative that this is the game for him to break out. Tom, are you drinking anything over there? You know what I'm drinking? Look I'm at drinking that. Drinking some Pony water. water. Pony. Pony. They're right across the street, right here. We talk about them all the time. Proud sponsor. It's a new premium alkaline water. P A H H N I. And I got to tell you, what they do is is they use. Natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many of the other brands that you've been spending a lot of money on, they don't do that. Not across the street here in Hamilton, Ohio. It's the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website, Pani, P-A-H-H-N-I Water. That's all one word, P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com and find out where you can buy this great tasting water. Tom, I wasn't necessarily talking about water. I was wondering <laughs> if you were drinking, you know, one of your, those, what you, those things you drink, whatever they are. White Claws. The High Noons. Oh, White Claws. Oh I don't God. drink those, Tom. They don't drink those in Buffalo, pal. No. Labatt Blue. Yeah. Now that's a solid beer. <laughs> that's a big league beer there. I stumbled into one of those a couple weeks ago. I couldn't believe it. Somebody had that behind the bar. That's a big time. That's a big time beer. Labatt? Oh, man. Canadian beer. Tom, I got a question for you. Yes. And I asked Casey this while you were in the restroom a few minutes Somebody ago. Somebody wants to know if you're taking Sudafed, Casey. I don't mean to interrupt you, Boom Paul. Boom shakalaka. He, uh, he's at the Great Wolf Lodge right now streaming this show poolside. He's so got kids up there with him, <laughs> right? Oh, little guy. He's with his family. That's great. Thanks, <laughs> Boom shakalaka. All right. Go ahead. Uh. What does success look like for Jackson Carmen this weekend? Like, if we're talking about him playing well, if we're talking about a career-changing narrative, is it like he only gives up one sack? Is it he didn't give up any sacks? Is it proactively good? You know, he did, is it that he did good things or is it that he didn't do bad things? What does success look like to you for Jackson Carmen this weekend? Oh, look, I, I am not going to kill the guy if he gives up two sacks in the game. Okay, I mean, there's, you know, in a, in, a, in, in a normal kind of game, the Bengals offense, and it might be a few more because of maybe Allen turns it over. We just talked about with Sam. 
Uh, maybe Buffalo plays hurry up a lot in their offense, so the Bengals run more offensive plays. But in, in a number range where typically you're going to go anywhere from 56, 57 to 65, 67 offensive plays, if they throw it 35 times, 30 times, right? You know, he gives up two sacks. It's not the end of the world. Of course, a lot of it depends on when they come, and a lot of it becomes uh, what's the result of the sack. Is it just a sack, or is it a strip sack? Is it a he's hit while he's throwing, causes an interception? You know, there are variables here. But look, if the guy can give Burrow, what, 85% of the time in pass plays, 80% of the time, solid, solid pass blocking, do what he does best, as we just heard from Sam Mons in the run game mall people, line up and just smash them right in the mouth. I mean, you just destroy people. With that body, whoever's lined up against you, if it's a running play, you absolutely destroy the other human being lined up against you on the line of scrimmage. That's exactly what his job is this week. Yeah, and for me, it's right? Six, yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's the success part to me is you've got to give me something different than what I already have in Jonah Williams. And Jonah Williams, you could probably mark him down for three or four pressures and a sack just about every game. Relatively speaking, like yeah, that's about second. right. Just about, yeah, yeah. that's right. So if, if Jonah Williams or if Jackson Carmen does that, but he is a monster and blows up some huge holes for us, that's success to me. That that's an upgrade. What are you laughing at, Paul? <laughs> just the the chat is just on another level today. I just I can't. The, the chat is elite today. I just. I mean, what is wrong with Emperor? Seriously, <laughs> the, the these guys, you know, I mean, it's just like chat. yesterday with Seho. It's the same thing. It's your generation, and it's this, it's this younger generation. <laughs> you guys want to turn everything into sex. Everything. It's not I mean, I'm talking about the inside, you know, and I'm talking about the soul and the heart <laughs> and the spirit, right? And, and, and you guys are talking about, you know, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, we're talking about sacks today. And how many sacks Jackson Carmen might allow or the offensive line might allow. And, and where does the chat take it? You know what's really funny? Jack, these are your fans. Male sacks. I mean, that's where we're going here on this program. You know what's really It makes crazy? me wonder if we should not turn into, although I can't stand the guy, maybe this goes in the direction of Howard Stern. I don't know. No, no. I don't no. know. No. Maybe that's where we go. No. You know what's crazy about that whole conversation? Is, oh, God. And it gets worse. It just gets worse. When my family would watch a football game, my grandpa, whenever we got a sack, he would go, sack, and just scream it. We would watch it with him. And my family developed this thing after every sack. Don't, don't tell me this. We would go like this. Sack. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> We're trying to break down a divisional round in the NFL playoffs. And we're getting sad. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh my God, we're trying to get sponsors for this show. It's gone from G to PG to PG-13 and the last 24 hours (laughs) is banging on the door of R, if not worse. (laughs) Just by Friday, this is just... uh... Just great. All right, we we have some uh, we have some actual football talk to get to now with our guy James Rapine. Well, he is. Uh, I don't know how much he's sleeping. He's getting these days. Oh, hold on. Oh, uh, it looks like his he's frozen. Frozen no. in time. He's not no, frozen. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's not frozen. Is he? Is he good? Play it. Yeah, I'm gonna play the intro. Oh, all right, let's hear it. Go, go, James Rapine! Go, go, James Rapine! Go, go, James Rapine! You Sports Illustrated beat reporter! I mean, James, it's only the second time you've gotten that kind of welcoming. But, uh, I mean, does it get better or are you ready to get sick? No, it's great. It's great. Uh, if you, I was a ranger, you, you I would be the green. You had a little prop in the background there. You didn't show anybody yeah, what was going yeah. on. I mean, you had I the mean, little. I, I was ranger. thinking white ranger, and then you know I got the Megazord here. Um, big Power Rangers fan. Who knows? Maybe one time I'll, I'll wear one of these helmets behind me. I haven't opened them yet, so I think that'd be fantastic. Never know. Never say never. Do you have any of those? You know, are you the superstitious sort where when when something happens, maybe it's around the house with your family and brand new baby girl around the house here. Or, or, you know, something happens with the Bengals or whatever um, <laughs> that, you, you, that you keep those in a certain spot. And then if something goes, you know, kind of south a little bit, you move them around. Not with the backdrops, but I do believe in that a bit for sure. And okay. so there, there are certain things like in my life I would do that with. But I haven't thought about that with the, the backdrop props. It's just kind of. It, not to steal a Joe Burrow line, but if I think something's cool, I'll put it there. And then if I have a change of heart or decide to, to shuffle it, I'll decide to shuffle it. So he does that with his fashion. I guess I do that with my, my shelves behind me. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Look, we had Sam uh, Monson on from Pro Football Focus on a little bit earlier. We're walking through some of the matchups. You're the guy that's down there at practice uh, every day. Um, all the talk seems to have been centered, including on this show, uh, on the Bengals' offensive line. When you're talking to guys, mm-hmm. it's one thing for them to say it to the media publicly. They have to say all the right things, and that's true across the board in life. Privately, how do they feel about mm-hmm. this thing? Oh, I mean, they're confident. They're confident. Now, do I, they think that this game should be at a neutral site? Of course, because it should if, if they were going to have to – to play that week 18 matchup to win the division and, and earn a playoff game, uh, playoff home game against the Ravens. So they certainly feel that way. And heck, Jesse Bates said it, I know, nationally. I think it was yesterday. I, and they'll say that privately, but they are confident going into this game. They know it's going to be tough. But even with these offensive line issues, I think they believe they're going to be able to go in there and run their offense and not have the issues that they had against the Ravens because – it was really the perfect storm against Baltimore. It's a really good defense that wasn't blitzing Joe Burrow. You have these offensive line issues, and you limit their possessions. They're not going to have seven possessions on Sunday. They're more likely to have 17 possessions, I think, than mm-hmm. seven. The Bills had, I think, 16 possessions last week against Miami for, for comparison's sake. So that alone, I think that they're going to be 
in, in much better shape. And, and so, yeah, they're confident offensively, and we know what they're capable of defensively. So they, they feel good going into this game, even though it's going to be a tough one on the road. It's a moot point, but I just want to follow up on something you said a second ago because I, I have felt very differently about this because I think you're comparing apples to apples rather than apples to oranges. The bottom line is the Bills and the Bengals played the same number of games this season. You can't say that about the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. But the Bengals and the Bills played the same number of games, and the Chiefs lost three, or the, uh, the, the Bills lost three and the Bengals lost four. Why should this game be at a neutral site? Because the it, it wasn't like the Bengals game against the Browns was canceled and the Bills game against the, the let's say the Ravens or the, the Dolphins or whoever you want to use. That game determined a lot and it could have went either way. And by making the Bengals have to win that Week 18 game, the only reason they would have had to win that Week 18 game to clinch the North and get a home playoff game, and they go hand in hand. It was stupid that the NFL said otherwise is by losing to the Bills. So, all right, well, if that's possible, losing to the Bills, then winning against the Bills would have given them home field. And regardless of what happened week 18, the Bengals record-wise, to your point, would have had a better record percentage points-wise than the Ravens. It's not perfect, fine. They have to go to Buffalo. They're not crying about it, by the way. I'm not saying that by any yeah. stretch. I, I think they're they're excited for the challenge. But if you gave them truth serum, of course they would that they would say that. And I, I would feel that way too if I was in that locker room. And I don't know if there was a perfect way to go about it. The Bengals probably got the short end of the stick of, of the teams. And this benefited the Chiefs the most. That's yep. fair to say too. I get why Bills fans would, would have a gripe too. But okay, let's uh, let's see what happens on Sunday. Um, just to follow up on this neutral site thing here for a second. Um do you think in the uh, offices um, of the National Football League that this is almost a perfect storm? You know, some conspiracy people out there think this. I, I, I've thought this for a long, long time, and I think it's given them the perfect storm to float the idea in future years about having conference championship games like Super Bowls at neutral sites. You buying into that? They certainly could, and it's a good test route. And heck, I got a an email in my inbox from the NFL an hour ago, two hours ago, talking about how much demand there is for tickets. And yeah, I, I get it. I understand it, especially in the AFC when you have all of these big time quarterbacks, and you have quadruple the number of big time quarterbacks in the AFC right now than you do in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Every AFC championship game is going to be awesome. I mean, that's the thing. The NFL, whatever they end up with, whether it's a neutral site game, whether it's in Kansas City, whether it's in Cincinnati or, or in Buffalo, depending on the outcome of, of this weekend's games, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a must-see game because of the quarterbacks. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is fourth of the four, and he's awesome, a number one pick, a national champion, and has played really well this season. So, yeah, I think that they could certainly carry that out. And if they did – at least on the AFC side, it would be uh, must attend for, for a lot of these teams because of the quarterbacks. You'd feel like you have a real shot. At the same time, I don't think owners would love it. But if it generates more money, then you could probably get them on board. But that's, uh, that's a real 
jerk thing to do to some fans, I think, in the, in the yeah. whatever team uh, earns home field advantage. So that, that would be something you'd have to iron out. All right, let, let, let's talk about um, the, the game here for a second. Um, how different do you think from just a strategic standpoint this Cincinnati offense is going to be than what we've seen them when they had other guys along the offensive line. Meaning, are they having to keep more guys in? Uh, are they having to do some things that, yeah, they'll do it from time to time on a given play or a given game. But you know what I'm getting at here. I mean, their longest pass play last week was 19 yards. Uh, I think they're in trouble if their longest pass played this week is 19 yards. Maybe you disagree with that. But do you think philosophically they're going to look different? Do they become a more run, put more emphasis on the run game this week? No. That doesn't mean they won't run it. But I think they're going to look pretty close to the same. And to steal Eric Weddle's zero-chance line, if their longest pass play is 19 yards, they have zero chance. This team is going to go into Buffalo, and they plan to throw it around. And they're going to lean on Joe Burrow, and they're going to say, all right, we're, we're still going to go empty at times. And I think Samaj P. Ryan might be in the backfield a bit more because he's such a great pass protector. Maybe you give Jackson Carmen a little help. But initially, I think they're going to say, all right, let's see how this works. Let's see how this plays. It would be different if there was a Von Miller on the other side, right? Or you had an Aaron Donald in the middle or Micah Parsons. or You know, they have Gregory Rousseau, who's a good player. They have Ed Oliver, who's a good player. But Akeem Adenogy, I thought, has you know, been pretty decent. I, I think that Max mm-hmm. Sharping, they have confidence in him. And so now we're talking about Jackson Carmen. Okay, so we'll see how he does early and, and go from there. And I think that's how they're going to do things initially. Now, last week against the Ravens, were they bogged down and did they just completely change their offense when Carmen went in? Absolutely. They went into the exact opposite of, I think, what they're going to do this week, where the playbook's going to be pretty open. They're going to, to spread the ball around early. And if things don't go right, if Carmen's getting beat, then they'll adjust. But I think their plan is to throw the ball. That doesn't mean they won't run it some, but I think they're going to throw the ball, try to get the ball to their weapons. And to your point, hit on big plays. And they're going to need these skill guys to come through. These 50-50 balls, they can't be 50-50 balls to Jamar Chase or Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins or or any of these skill players. They need to go up, get them, and and make big plays downfield. Gosh, there was just something I was going to ask you about that. And and, (laughs) and, uh, golly day, uh, aging, boy, is it tough. Um, Golly day was something I really wanted to ask you about. Guys, uh, pick me up here a second. About the skill players? No, no. Go, go, go ahead. I, I, I'll think of something here in a Casey, second. Casey, I know yeah, you yeah. got something for James. Casey. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the the defense. I'm going to go to the defensive side for a minute because we brought up something earlier. A lot of fans are worried about this offensive line and can we can we protect Joe Burrow? But I'm looking at the other side. Can they even can they protect? Josh Allen with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, those guys are playing really well. Their offensive line is not great. DJ Reader is a force up the middle. I mean, I think this is a great advantage for the defensive line. What do you think? It is. And it's a good point because this Bengals defensive line is better than the Bills defensive line. 
and the Bills have issues in the trenches as, as well with their offensive line. So, you know, I, I've answered some questions about the Bills' rushing attack and how good it's been this year. Well, last week they didn't rely on it despite being up big against Miami early on, and you'd think that's when they would lean on it. So I don't really think that's going to be a major issue for the Bengals. I think they can shut that down. And really the key, it's not just getting pressure on Josh Allen, but it's containing him. And Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, they've done a really good job of that. And if you do that and you contain him, you don't let him outside the pocket or break a tackle and push the ball deep downfield, well, you are going to limit some of those big plays. So I agree with you. I think that this Bengals defensive front, they have the edge if you compare defensive fronts, and and they could be really disruptive. And, And that's a major key. This Bengals defense, maybe they don't hold the Bills to 23 points. Maybe they give up 30. But can you force three turnovers in the process, an interception, a sack fumble, and and another turnover somewhere? I think if they do that, then it's a win, even if they do give up more points than they have most of the, you know, in most games this season. What do you think the state of the secondary is? That's where I was going, James, on this whole thing. It's safety. There's no question. They're rock solid back there. The two guys that have been there all year long in Von Bell and Jesse Bates. We saw blown coverage. A couple of times from Eli Apple. I thought the kid played pretty hard, though, in that game. I thought he tackled very well, especially in the run game in that game, did Eli Apple. But look, you know, Mm -hmm. you're leaning on a couple. It looks like Flowers. You know, he's not practiced this week. Um, You know, you're going with two young guys um, in Hill and and Britt. And and, and I'm just curious, you know, Stephon Diggs, this is a big, big, play big (laughs) target offense i mean some of those numbers and we ran through them earlier this week the ball traveled in the air on 39 attempts last week by josh allen the ball traveled an average of over 15 yards per attempt in the air that's the highest it's been double the average over the last 2800 games of quarterbacks in the nfl so they are looking to throw it and they are looking to throw it deep. How confident are they you are. based on what you've seen on this secondary the Bengals are trotting out there? Uh, well, if they do that, I'm confident because this Bengals defensive front should disrupt it some. And, you know, 15-plus yards downfield, that's just wild. So I, I think that that shouldn't have happened anyway, and it almost cost them the game against Miami. But I think they'll dial it back some. But to your point, they are explosive. Stephon Diggs is a stud. And first, starting with him, how do you slow him down? I think you're going to have to double him. And, you know, asking Eli Apple or asking Cam Taylor Britt or insert Mike Hilton, who's their best corner right now, certainly best healthy corner, staying with him one-on-one is a challenge. So double him as much as you can. They also have Gabe Davis, who's a big target. But you can put him in single coverage. It, It does hurt that you don't have Trey Flowers against a guy like Dawson Knox, who has a touchdown in five straight games kind of an under-the-radar weapon at tight end for the Bills. But who knows? Maybe Flowers is able to go. If not, you're going to rely on Dax Hill, and you're going to rely on guys like that to step up. But I I think that this secondary, the the one benefit to Eli Apple getting beat on that double move, and there aren't many, right, because that was a a real Mm game-changer, 41-yarder to Demarcus Robinson, you survived the game. And so now what is Lou Anarumo – hitting on all the time, not just with Eli, but with all these guys. Do not get beat deep against now a team that's going to try to beat you deep. So it it becomes an even 
bigger point of emphasis, I think, this week. And they're going to give up some big plays. You just want to limit those. And so it's a concern, but it's not like the secondary has given up a ton of huge numbers to wide receiver ones this season. So I think Diggs is going to get his. You might look up and he might have 10 receptions for 100 plus yards. You just don't want him to have two catches for 80 yards yeah. and two touchdowns. You want to limit those big plays. All right, James, we ask you every week. Uh, you're jumping on the big bird, I'm assuming. Are, are you flying or are you driving tomorrow? Oh, driving. Driving. Luxurious, luxurious bus. That I'm, no, yeah, I'm driving up there tomorrow. And uh, Because the thing is, 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 is if you have to go to the airport and there's no direct flights yeah. and it's the same time, I'd rather control my own destiny in the car. Well, see, you know, James, to, to I was a guy a that connection. got in the car last week. I've said this a couple of times. I mean, a real man like yourself, I'm sure, is driving straight to Buffalo. You're not stopping for the night. You know, I drove from here to Texarkana, Texas last Friday afternoon. Didn't leave till 2 p. in the afternoon and got all the way down to Texarkana, Texas. Uh, you know, Brandon Seho is having to stop to get a little rest and break up the ride in Akron, Ohio. So I'm assuming you're going straight through. Wait, he's stopping in Akron on the way to Buffalo? Oh, yeah. You know, he's with his mom, his stepdad. I know they're gamers. Oh. I know they're gamers. For, but Brandon, for the know, night? he gets a little tired. Oh, my. You know, he's always been a diva. But stopping to, to <laughs> Buffalo, I, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to text him. I, I mean, that's... That's wild to me. I mean, not, I bet he not takes only a, that, James. I a mean, a know, bathroom break on the way to Columbus. My well, goodness. Well, I, I, now I would probably need a couple of those. So I'm not going to step on a guy about bathroom breaks. Uh, you live on coffee. On the way to Columbus? And, you know, well, I, believe me, it's happened multiple times. But the, the point I'm making here is this. You bring a, I love that word, diva. That's a great word. Um, I should have used it earlier myself. I give you the credit for it. I mean, he is leaving today. So they can get up there, you know, leave about four in the afternoon. They're going to stop outside of Akron to get a good night's sleep. Then I don't know how far Akron is to Buffalo. It can't be more than what, two hours yeah. tops? I don't know either because I'm not stopping in Akron. I don't. <laughs> Brandon, do you want to Brandon. defend yourself before we let James go? I mean, he just referred to you as a diva. And I basically did without using that word. I mean, he's right. He's known me long enough where, yeah, he's, he's right. It's a nice family trip. You know, I was trying to get my brother to fly and meet me there. I was going to drive all the way Saturday by myself. Mom and stepdad wanted to go. They got some points. You know about points, being on the road. James, burn some points. Enjoy nice Akron, Ohio tonight. Get there nice and early tomorrow. Settle or on Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow settle in. Get ready for the Jags to beat the Chiefs. Have a good day. So when are you going to get to Akron? Like 8, 7, 8? I can't hear what he's saying because I don't have that. When do you get in the Akron tonight? Uh, I'll get there around, I think, 9, 8, 9, maybe something like that. Man. All right. Well, enjoy. Drink a, a cold one. I'm sure there's like an outback you can go to in Akron. Amen. I'm all about it. All about outback. Got no problem with outback. Blooming onion. A Chili's. A Chili's. A, there's another one, you know, or a uh, what, what, one of my there's, there's definitely Coors Light in Akron. What is the and one James that, knows uh, I like Coors Light. That's true. Gosh, You're not yeah, diva that, with beer. Uh, that's debatable. All right, James. <laughs> safe tra- oh, okay, prediction. You got a prediction for the game? Yeah, Bengals uh, 35-31 uh, 
if you, if you think or 34 31 excuse me by a field goal i think evan mcpherson is perfect on the day four for four extra points two for two field goals and the bengals force uh, they're plus two in the turnover battle when it's all said and done and whether they turn it over once and force three or just force two turnovers i think that they'll uh they'll give themselves the edge that way it's going to be a tight one though and i wouldn't be shocked if there's about eight different game stories that get scrapped uh, throughout that game on on my computer here so we'll all see. right buddy uh, we'll save travels up and back and we'll look forward to catching up with you we as always thank you uh for your time james of course thanks and brandon be safe man i know it's going to be a tough trip to akron tonight yeah it is it is godspeed ahead for all diva drops a diva on him Accurate. Man, I thought that word was reserved for NFL wide receivers. But, I mean, James Rapine just dropped diva on his, his buddy Brandon Seho. It's big time word. It's big time. Pick's coming up shortly. I mean, Everett, you, you're, you're wearing it out here. Okay, I know that I've brought up the drive to Texas twice. It's because we've had, we've had guests on, and we're talking about the drive. Let it go. Well, maybe you're telling me to let it go. That's fine. I'll let it go. I won't do it again. All right. Um, Boom shackle. still hanging out at the, uh, the Great Wolf Lodge. Are you a Great Wolf Lodge guy, Tom? You know, I always wanted to uh, go up there with my wife um, with the kids when they were little. I went up there for the day, but I always wanted to spend the night. I thought it looked like those rooms with the bunk beds and all the different motifs and things. I thought it all looked so cool. She never wanted to go up there and do it. I thought it looked awesome. Maybe yeah. I'll go stay there this weekend. Yeah, I mean, me and I'm Alex I'm here are, by myself. Alex and I are considering that a honeymoon destination. Just drive up over there to Mason by Kings Island. Hey, you know what? They have lots Great of different lives. motifs. You can change rooms every night. How about that? A little advice. Just a thought. You know, I might leave here in Hamilton, Ohio, and, and, uh, and, and, and just go check in. Why not? Right? Get the yeah. fellas up there, Tom. There you go. Do that for, do that for the weekend. Uh, probably not on the, <laughs> not on the uh, docket, as they say. All right. Uh, anybody else have anything uh, worth mentioning? No, nothing. Zero. Brian keeps talking about the banana phone, which, of course, has disappeared from the Reds radio network all the years when they used to do rain delays. Sad. I had to find out about that music, though. There's going to come a time when we're going to take calls in the not-too-distant future around here, potentially. Yeah. Right? I mean, problem is trying to figure out how to screen the calls to make sure that we don't get anything well, that doesn't this need to group, go over the air. Yeah. The we chat need the is Berlin Wall with this group. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could take calls. I mean, I've got it all set up for us to take calls, but it's it's about the screening, and I can screen only so much before someone just, you know, we open up the Wild West. I, I'm know. telling you, the Wild West is in full force today. <laughs> Look at I mean, it turns it into everything. We're all losers with nothing worthwhile to add, <laughs> Emperor. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. We've got somebody called Darth Brando that's in the chat today. And um, 
Alvin's in the chat, and I think he's the one that is saying over and over that the Bengals are going to get their brains beat in this week. Mm. Yeah, well, we're going to have an interesting show. I think it's him. I think. Somebody was in the chat earlier talking about the Bengals are going to get drilled. I don't think they'll get drilled. I don't think there's a world where they get drilled. Yeah, I just can't see them getting blown out. I am really surprised by the Eric Weddle comment yesterday. I, I, I got to tell you, and I know we're going to take a break and we'll get to picks. I've had a chance to meet the guy a long time. His story is a great story. You know, he comes out of high school. He's this phenomenal athlete, but he's not being recruited by the quote-unquote big boys. He goes to the University of Utah. Uh, he changes positions. He was a running back at Utah. He was a wide receiver at Utah. He was a defensive player of the year at Utah. Uh, there, there was a game, uh, I can't remember the columnist who wrote it, that said um, the only people that were on the field for more plays in the game than Eric Weddle were the officials. He was playing both ways. At big-time college-level football at Utah. That's a big-time program. They've gotten better and better since he left. But, I mean, you know, this was, this was after Urban had left and gone on to Florida and Whittingham took over. But um, I, I, I was shocked by his um, comments yesterday. This guy's been around, was a great player for a long, long time in the NFL. Primarily with the Chargers, a little bit with the Ravens. Rams bring him out of retirement, so he got a Super Bowl ring. Um, so just to clarify. I don't know how you ever say about anybody in any game that they have zero chance, no chance, none, N-U-N, none, That's, to win know. a game. That is hard to believe. That a guy who played in the NFL on a competitive level with the greatest football players in the world, and he's seen Joe Burrow, he's seen Chase, he's seen Higgins, he's seen what this team has done the last two years. And I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to win the game, but no chance? Zero? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that he said it because he's a Raven at heart and that he played us in the Super Bowl and he won a Super Bowl ring against us. Of course he's going to say that. Zero chance? Yeah. Should have lost to the Ravens, got outplayed by the Ravens, zero chance against the Bills. Those were his three quotes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I Now, Joshua says he backed off at the end of the interview. I watched a good solid two minutes of it where he said zero chance, what Paul just said, against the Ravens, they couldn't do anything once um, Williams went out of the game. They were lucky to win. I, I, I think there's some truth to that. I think they, there's some truth to being lucky to win the game. They could have very easily lost the game. But zero chance? When are people going to stop giving the Bengals bulletin board material? When is that going to start ha- – like? Don't they know, like, time and time again, we just prove people wrong? Like, Let's go. To, to me, the Eric Weddle thing, it doesn't bother me at all because I expected it from him. Honestly, that's what I expect from an ex-Raven. Um, whether or not that that's harsh thinking or, or whatever, or my background, just not liking the Ravens at all. But that doesn't surprise me at all that he said zero chance because the Ravens have always looked down upon us. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, And and one thing before we go to break. 
you just heard James Rapine say, right at the end there when I asked him for the prediction, that Evan McPherson, according to him, is going to show up ready to go. He was Money Mac this time a year ago. Is he going to be Money Mac this go-round? They need McPherson when he steps on the field. And you're hoping every time he steps out there, it's for a point after touchdown. Multiple, multiple times. Which he missed again, by the way, for the fourth time this year last week. There's another guy. Yeah, you can make your reputation that first go-round as being Money Mac. He better be Money Mac on Sunday. Are the Ham and Eggers taking it again? We are yes. if you are stepping away. I am stepping away. All right. Coffee and water. Sounds good. We got it. Breakfast of champions. It's that type of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me. I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right. Well, before we get into to anything else that we're talking about, um, I want to do make sure that we talk about things uh, with the show and what's going on here. So, uh, Casey, are you planning on being back here on Monday for the show? I do try to plan on being back here. I, I don't blame you if you're not. No, I, I, I plan on trying to come in regardless how late. I, I can't miss a Monday that big. All right. Well, if they lose, I don't blame you. That's okay. I, I, I understand. Um but, like I said, I, for regardless, win, lose, draw, which they can't You're draw. You're good man, Casey. Win, lose, I will be coming in and giving my thoughts from the game. Thomas says he'll make sure you're here. I appreciate that, Thomas. In one piece. Of course. Um, the other thing, that you know, just some things. We've, we've gotten over uh, 1,000 followers on TikTok. And the TikTok's been doing really, really well. TikTok's been killing it. Uh, so if you haven't followed us on TikTok, make sure you go do that. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, I don't think we have any giveaways this weekend, but you can follow us on Twitter. You can go to Instagram. We're also on Instagram. That one's at Chatterbox Sports. Also, Tom Brenneman TV. He's on there as well. Uh, the Discord. I, I need to put the Discord link back in the chat. Um, the the Discord has just been has been phenomenal over the last couple of weeks. So if you're not in there, make sure you join the Discord. Also, if you're watching this video right now, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, like the video. The subscription numbers we can see they just keep going up and up. It's like a steady growth rate. Uh, it's been great over the last couple of weeks. So make sure you like the channel uh, or subscribe to the channel, like the video. Um, anything else, Casey? That I'm forgetting that we haven't pubbed. Um, no, I don't think so. No, um, I think you hit all the. Hit all the boxes. Checked all the boxes. Okay. Um, but the main reason I wanted to come back to to us, the ham and egg segment here. Okay. Was because of last night, how close we were to winning some really big money. Oh. And how much money we ended up losing. Um, at least in my case, uh, my streak is officially over. Mm. I lost nine units last night. Um, part of it was because I decided to play the NHL. And I know nothing about it. So that was a really big mistake. Um, I should have asked the puck expert over here, Brandon Seho, for some advice. But I, uh, yeah, my my streak has come to an end. And I didn't follow my own advice, which was I didn't like a whole lot of things 
I didn't like a whole lot of things, but I decided I wanted to bet, and I wanted to bet some serious money, but you live and you learn on that. Take your profit when you can. That's my next advice. I will say, uh, looking at the not-too-picky Twitter, uh, I did not get in on the Buffalo parlay last night because when it got sent, Reed was cooking that up because he wanted to get to Buffalo. When it got sent, um, I was busy, and I didn't get it in before the first tip-off. Plus 1258, that hit again. If you have followed Not Too Picky's picks this week, you're up 18 and a half units. Uh, two out of the three parlays have hit, including the last one at plus 1258. The picks have been all over the place, and they've been hitting. Uh, Reed had a parlay that had two additional picks on it. Those picks were the two picks that he listed on the graphic. So Reed parlayed the four picks on the Not Too Picky graphic, <laughs> plus the two picks that he gave out under his names section, the UCLA and Arizona State under was set at 134 and a half. It was looking phenomenal 13 minutes into the game. It was 11 to 10 with 27 minutes left in the game. Then all of a sudden, both teams started scoring a lot. UCLA went on a run to separate themselves. Bruins ended up winning by 12, but more importantly, they covered the over. They, the game went over, and they scored 136. Went over by a point and a half. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, I would have would have been up 100 units. 100 units? Yeah. How much money is that for you, Casey? A uh, $1,000. $1,000. Yeah. I would have twenty bucks. A $20 bet on that parlay would have won you $1,000, and it missed by a point and a half. That's so brutal, too. I know. Because I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, oh, I'm going to check in on that amazing parlay because I – the beginning of the first the first half of the game it was 10 minutes left and it was 11 to like 8 yeah yeah that's i mean the, yeah. it, it looks so good it looks so good and then i'm watching the last couple minutes of this game and it's coming down to the wire i'm like oh this is going to go over this is going to go over and there was a little bit of hope there was it, it was for well, there was only 30 seconds left before they scored the final basket yeah. and oh that was just killer yeah it was killer yeah, they were at 134, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, maybe maybe this might go on. Did you guys bet any women's basketball in no. Europe? Brandon may no. have. I don't. No, no. Not today. I do not. Uh, yeah, it was uh, – I, I, I got killed last night on Gonzaga. Money line. I took them live. Got murdered on that. Murdered on that. Yeah, but we live too. and we learn. UCLA got me back. I had UCLA four and a half, so they got me back. Mick Cronin. Got it going on. I trust them, even on the road. They got a huge one this weekend against Arizona. I am predicting that's your college basketball national champion. UCLA? I'm saying that right now in the middle of January. That's right. your national champ this year. Okay. All right. Um, we got picks. Here we go. We got picks. All right, so we're going to start on where we are. I've been officially eliminated. Yep. Um, and for those of you that don't know, new to the program, and there are hundreds of you daily new to the program, um, if not thousands new to the program on a daily basis. $1,000 goes to uh, the charity of choice. And right now, uh, let's be honest about it. Uh, with two, what, three weeks to go. So we have four games this weekend in the NFL. We would have two games next weekend in the NFL, and then we would have the Super Bowl. We have seven games remaining. Yes. So Tom has been eliminated. Casey... Yes. Casey can still win, but the problem is I have a feeling Casey and I are going to be on the same side of a game, which means the, probably the best we can do is tie. Um, but 
we are making these picks live. We have usually what we do for these picks is we come in here, we set up all the graphics before the game. Um, before the show starts, we set up all, all the graphics and uh, make our picks at, a, at around 945. We have not made our picks yet. So I don't know where Casey is going with these games. Um, he kind of gave me a tease where he was thinking yesterday, but um, I don't know where Tom's going with these. I don't know where Casey's going. Um, but I am I am not picking I'm gonna pick these based I'm not picking these for the competition. I'm picking these based on what I think is is gonna yeah, yeah. what you would normally bet yeah. on any. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. now now somebody in the chat threw out an idea and we flirted with this early. Okay. With seven games left, I'm eight back. So I'm the only guy okay, so you, you, you might be on board with this. I mean, do we double the amount of the correct picks at this point? You mean so that- you get double the number if you get the win, okay? So if we all pick the Bengals, they all win, we all go plus two. On losses, you go minus two. Oh, man, that would jack up the whole th- – I mean, we could. This is like a press bet in golf, which I used to play many years ago. I don't play anymore, but found myself behind frequently, so we would always lean on the press bet at around number 15. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to – I don't want to do that, but I'm also in the lead. That's so. fair enough. You don't want to do it. It's no big I mean, it's deal. Been I'm a, just throwing it out there. Is it, is it down to a majority vote? Are we doing it that way? Here, wait. Why don't we wait? Why don't we wait to do that until after this weekend? Because there will be three games left after this weekend, and the the race will still be close enough that if you double the points of the last three games, it could make it close enough. Well, if we get down to only three games left, we're going to probably have to make that a plus four, minus four. You can't do plus two, minus two with three to go. Well, if Casey, I mean because you know, Casey goes four and zero here, and I go one and three. I'm not worried about Casey. We're talking about a two-game difference. Just saying. Three-game difference. Well, I mean, you're getting killed in the chat, Paul. These people thought you were a gambling man. And, uh, you know, you are until uh, you have to protect your own. I mean, this has in been the, a 20-week uh, competition. I get it. I get it. It's I been get a 20-week competition. I'm never going to beat a man down for protecting the lead. You've gone into uh, the four-corner offense. <laughs> For those of you old enough to remember the four-corner offense by Dean Smith. Okay, I guess it's straight up. We're playing for one, 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 one. Do you get a minus one if you lose? We could do that. Because even that, I mean, do we? I don't know. I, I want to win this. But don't, don't I want to win this. Minus one. When, when if you lose, you lose. I mean. I don't know. Let's just make our picks. All right, let's yeah, make our picks. We'll decide later. We'll tell everyone. We'll figure it out. We decide. Do we have Boy, a? They do we, said, do we, Emperor says you're in victory formation, Paul. It's sort of sad. Sort of sad. All right, let's go. Uh, Joshua I, says it's like changing the rules in the NFL. What the hell do you think they just did this year with the home field and flipping coins? Change the rules. All right, let's do a coin flip. Let's do a coin no, flip. No, no. Paul had a week where Trace did his picks. Paul's pick- charity is the the Jackie the Jeep Fund. <laughs> The Paul Needs Money Foundation. The Seinfeld, the human fund. That's what it is. <laughs> the human fund. All right, here we go. Where are we starting? Uh, we are starting Jags at Chiefs. Just love saying it. The Jags in Kansas City. 
Well, that's a big number thanks to our friends at Betfred Sportsbook. All right, you two, since you're in the hunt, I'm going to let you lead it off. Go ahead. Okay. Um, are we going? You, you go, Casey. Right. I'm picking the Jags on this one. The Jaguars. I, I have faith. They are a poor man's Bengals, but I do have faith. They've been really, really hot as of late. I, I just like the Jaguars, and I think they, they can match up well against the Chiefs. I just don't know. Nine is a big spread, right? I mean, I don't know if they can win, but I do I do think nine is too much. So All right. Uh well, I'm gonna take the Chiefs here. I know Ooh. all season I have not liked Ooh. spreads over a touchdown, but I am gonna Ooh. take the Chiefs. Ooh. I think the Chiefs kill them. I think the Chiefs are a very good team. All right. Tom, Tom. You know, I gotta tell you, uh and much to uh what my head is telling me, um, I, I'm taking the Jags. Jags. I like the Jags. Okay. So, let's throw it on up there. I'm telling you, the show. Straight in the is, tank. Uh, it's 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 filtrated from the chat to Casey. It's it's falling apart. All right. All right. Giants and Eagles. The Giants are a – or the Eagles, rather, are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Casey. You want me to go again? Oh, I mean, I'll go if you want me to. Yeah, we said it was going to be every other one. Okay. So you, you go right. ahead, Paul, this time. Well, fellas. Fighting Doug Petersons. Well. Jags, go ahead. If you know me, you know I can't pick against my boy. Oh, boy. You know I can't pick against my boy. Danny Dimes, give him to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I am going to go with – I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one just so I can give myself a chance to win. I think the spread is big right now, seven and a half. I thought it was at seven, but I, I guess it went up to seven and a half today. So <sighs> – the Eagles are just a better team, man. They're just a better team. They gotta, they gotta get this one. Gotta get this one. Tom, I am a little worried about the health of Jalen Hurts. I'm not alone uh, in Philadelphia. They're they're wondering the same thing. He came back for the last game, Week 18. And he said after the game. Coaches said after the game. He wasn't at 100. percent Two weeks have gone by now. The Eagles were the best team in the NFL. I thought he was the best player in the NFL when he originally got hurt. But the bottom line is he's only played in one game, and that's not even a full game, uh, in the last month. That's a month. That's tough. And I'm taking Philly. Wow. Let's go, Tom. What a heel turn. Philly. The Eagles. We love it. We're going to make up some games tonight. All right. Not tonight, but this week. All right, here we go. The next one, Cowboys and the Niners. Niners are uh, four-point favorites. It's a good game. Tom, you're up first here. Uh, I am without a doubt taking uh, the fighting Kyle Shanahan's and the fighting Brock Purdy's. Yep. This is going to be a massacre in San Jose, California. Casey? Um. Come on, Casey. Do I, it, Casey. I am, Do it, Casey. I am taking 
I'm taking the 49ers. Oh, wow. I thought you were taking the the boys. No, I got to be I got to be different. I got to give myself a chance. Casey, and I'm the, taking the 49ers. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. You have Cowboys on your thing. No, right? no, no. That's this was I had duplicated it from last week. This okay. is the I haven't made my pick yet. Well, give me the Cowboys then. Ah, there, there it you is. go. There it is. Yeah, there the game's is. in Santa Clara. I said San Jose. We used to stay in Santa Clara for uh, – no, we stayed. I, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, it's in Santa Clara. All right. I'm with you, Tom. I'm taking the 49ers here. The fighting Brock Purdy's. Oh, man, I, this is going to be the game for Brock Purdy for me to finally say that he deserves to be in the top ten conversation because he's played like he, he deserves to be in the top ten. But against this defensive pass rush – We'll you see. know, I don't understand why Mike McCarthy takes so much heat from people. I don't get it. Yeah, I was looking. Um, I think Colin Cowherd was the one who did a post your resume, and you're not going to tell them who it is. And he went through division championships, number of years as a head coach, winning percentage, won a Super Bowl. Uh NFC championship games, playoff wins, playoff record. And you can say, well, the guy had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he had Aaron Rodgers. Okay, fine. Um, And he's got Dak Prescott. Okay. I mean, this guy has been a really good coach in this league for a long time. All coaches are going to make mistakes. And let's never forget, Andy Reid got run out of Philly. Andy Reid got run out of Philly. Because he could not win the big one. McCarthy's won the big one. McCarthy, if I'm not mistaken, has a better winning percentage in his career than both Harbaugh and Andy Reid. Is that true? I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. It's true on this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good way of putting it. Now, let's, I just want to check something here real quick, okay? Mike McCarthy, right? Okay. Mike McCarthy. Leader of men. No question. No question about it. He's a Pittsburgher. You can tell by his accent the second he walks in a room. Okay, let's walk through this, right? First year, he goes 500. Next year, wins 13, first in the division. Then they had a setback. Next year, wins 11, makes the playoffs. Next year, wins 10. Wins the Super Bowl. Next year, 15-1. and one, Losing the playoffs first in the division. Next year, 11-5. First in the division, losing the divisional. Next year, they go 8-7, but they still finish first in the division. Next year, 12-4. First in the division, losing the championship game. 10-6 the next year. Second in the division, losing the divisional round. 10-6 the next year. First in the division, lost in the NFC championship game. Then two bad years at Green Bay, out. Comes to Dallas, shaky first year. Last two years, 12 and 5. First in the NFC East. This year, 12 and 5. Career record 155 wins, 97 losses, a 614 winning percentage. It's not bad. It's All pretty right. good. Pretty good. Do we uh do we have the charities that we're gonna donate to? Do we want to? Uh, well, we know yours is the Jeep Fund, <laughs> and I that's wish. not the Jimmy Fund up in Boston. This I, is the Jeep Fund. I wish it was the Jeep Fund. 
I mean, I, Casey, we, have we you can thought talk, about it? We can talk about it. I, I'm probably going to do something with uh, something to do with multiple sclerosis. Okay. Okay, that's a good one. But um, good one. That's that's a personal family issue that we we have in our family. So so do we. Okay. Near and dear to our heart. Yeah. It's a good one. Okay. Paul. Uh, it's Special Olympics for right. me. I, 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 my my dad answer. helped found Special Olympics golf. My parents met at a Special Olympics golf event. I have worked forever with Special Olympics. So, uh, and my uncle has Down syndrome. So Special Olympics are very very important to me, and I've done a lot with them over the years. So Tom, well, dude, don't read don't read the chat. I'm not reading the chat. I mean, you, you don't want to read. It. I'm not reading the chat. These are serious uh, degenerates. Oh. <laughs> Sir Boy Wonder. Here we are having a serious conversation about serious issues like MS uh, and um, Special Olympics. Special Olympics. And um, what about you, Tom? We get this. You thought about it? We get this. I'm going to give mine, you know, I'm a big animal guy. I'd give mine to the SPCA Cincinnati. Okay. If I would. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Okay. All right. So um, that leaves us, Tom, with one more order of business here. What might that be? We're going to get to that in a second. We're not there yet. Now, oh, hold yeah, on. it is. We're not there yet. We're not out of time yet. We're not out of time yet. No. But we have one more game we to have, pick. That's right. We got a game to do before we're going to have uh, you guys uh, try to keep the streak alive. Um, are you doing it, Tom? Are you picking the Bengals or are you picking the Bills? Oh, I'm taking the Bengals. All right. For sure. For sure. I think the Bengals go in there and they win this game and take it to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. All in. Casey. You know I'm not taking the Bills here. I'm taking the Bengals. And if you were a man of your word, you would have the Bills in your bracket. I do have the Bills in my bracket, but the Bengals continue to cover. Whether the Bills win or not, I think that this is a close game. Oh, whatever. Just take, just take the Bills. I do appreciate that you tried to convince <laughs> me there, but I can't. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. The Bengals. <clears throat> plus five and a half. Absolutely. Bengals. Boys. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Paul? I was going to say the Bengals, I mean, even back looking last year, look at the, look at the uh, Super Bowl. You know, they, lo they only lost by three. They play in the playoffs. It's a close game either way. Give me the Bengals plus five and a half. And fellas. Do not, start, do not strike up the band yet. Okay. I want that to be our final thing as a send-off before we go off the air. Do we have. We do have a great cherry on top. Well, let's do that now. But, our cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers. In. Uh, oh. Yeah, Zen moment. Go ahead, Paul. And an ode to the chat over the last couple of minutes. <laughs> we have this great one from a guy on Twitter, Justin Justin Thin. Thin? Thine? The Treasury Department, <laughs> to quote, tweet the national debt, $31 trillion. Our guy, Justin, the Treasury Department just needs to put $38 trillion on Jalen Hurts. Anytime touchdown, we'll be out of this mess. Well, hey, look, you know, I mean, Biden wants to get rid of the debt ceiling and just blow it up even further. So what the hell's the difference? I mean, you know, you lose a bet, it's going to blow up anyway. No big deal. <laughs> Politics, let's go. Here we go. All right, fellas. All right, fellas. Uh, we have the box lunch coming up. Is Trace in for part of this today or just you? I think it's just me today, Tom. So you and these two guys. Well, he's taking a lot of heat. He, he took a beating today. He was referred to as a diva. 
I you're kind of hard on on Seho at times with the. You know, he takes naps at, at the Holy Grail. At I love naps. I got no naps. No problem with naps. Now, Tom, I've, I've got to ask a favor for you. Yes. All right. So whether you're aware of this or not, probably not. I've been trying to hit these crazy parlays the past few days <laughs> in order to get a ticket to Buffalo. Been close the last few weeks. I'm starting to think outside the box because I don't think the parlay is the way to go. So I started looking around my house, and I was like, what can I sell in order to get Buffalo Bengals tickets? And fortunately enough, I found this thing right here. This is All-Star Baseball yes. 2005. What the hell are you laughing at? It's a big time game. I know what he's about to ask you. You ask on the back of it. It says, play-by-play, play, Tom Brenneman. Yeah, it's the last Steve. job I had. Go ahead. This is your last video game? No, uh, I can't remember if that was uh, – was that the one made by Acclaim or is that Microsoft? Acclaim. Acclaim. Yes, yes, that was the last one I made. Yes. It's, a, it's a great game. So what we're going to do is you're going to sign this if, if you would be oh so nice. God. And we're going to throw it on eBay today. Are you shitting For $1,000 because I know this is a hot bidding topic. And someone is going to, it's going to snatch up like hotcakes. And then I'm going to go to the, the Bengals Bills game. Is this a joke? What? This is serious as a heart attack. He's got the marker. I've got the sharpie. What did the game right? cost back in the day? About fourteen ninety five. Probably like $40 here. No, it wasn't $40 back in those Come days. Come on. No chance it was $40. You got a better chance. You got a better chance of, of getting Seho's autograph on that tired. You see sweatshirt he, ro he rolls in here with from time to time uh, to get a thousand bucks than, than me signing this. Although, 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 you know, it's pretty big league when Derek Jeter's on the cover. Your name's on the back Tom Brunman and Steve Lyons. Yes, indeed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. Just on, on this right here, is it yeah, going to stay yeah, on there? there. Okay, there we go. And we might have to, you know, um, if it does, even if it gets you a couple of, even if it gets you a couple of, uh, you know, dollars bucks, then uh, we'll make sure that somebody still gets it, right? If it goes for over $1,000. It's not I'm going for over a Tom, I think I you're mean, vastly underestimating okay. this. All right, okay. What the hell you, what do you, what's that look? I mean, a thousand, you could probably draw it's, a couple you, thousand for you're that. You're not going to get a thousand bucks out of it. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate I hope it. you do, because I'd love to see you go. I'd love, I'd love for you to, to see you go. When he gets 2,000, we'll both get tickets, and then we'll go up together. We'll drive up together, stop in Akron, because that's, that's the good midway point. <laughs> I, I have to take care of the dogs at home. I'd love uh, to go. Uh, if you don't go, you're more than welcome to come on over and hang out and have a few beers at the house and watch a game. Miller High Lives? Whatever you want. Right. Whatever you want. Right around the corner Labatt. from UDF. You can get whatever you want. Nice. Nice. Labatt Blues. You can walk there. I don't think you can get Labatt Blues here. I, 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 I probably, although I think you can get those at a little watering hole down the street, if that's what you really want. All right, boys. Um, you know, look, this has become now a tradition for you two. Okay? So are we, I just want to make sure I know the semantics because we got moving parts here a little bit. Are you guys getting up and changing chairs and yes. all that? After this, we're gonna. I'm gonna go sit over there. Brandon will come here, and then we'll do the box lunch. Okay, but you will. We'll go to some kind of a rollout. We'll go to a break. break. Okay. All right. All right, boys and girls. Here we are. Division around. Right. This is a game we were waiting for on that Monday night in Cincinnati, and the Bengals look so good.
touchdown. Gave up a field goal. Going down the field, tragedy. And DeMar Hamlin, thank the Lord above, that young man's okay. I bet he's going to be at the game on Sunday. I don't know if they've announced that yet or not or whether they're just going to surprise everybody and have him show up. Uh, I hope he's there. But this is, you know, going all the way back to August. And you talk about that first game against the Steelers. Terrible. Second game against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Terrible. Bengals have only lost two games since then. They've won eight in a row. They are playing a team that has won seven in a row. Two of the juggernauts go toe-to-toe. And we're hoping when all is said and done that on multiple occasions, as they do at Paycor Stadium, when the Bengals score touchdowns, we hope you can hear from the thousands of Bengal fans that will be at that game, and apparently they're going to be a ton there. We have two sitting in this room, maybe three. Boys, strike up the band. What do we hope to hear Sunday? Mean and angry, here he comes a prowling. Mean and hungry, an offensive brute. Run, pass, or boot. And defensively, he's rough. Top Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team we're gonna cheer to victory. Touchdown, Bengals. Put some points up on that board and win the game for Cincinnati. Woo! <laughs> Who they? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. It's time for box lunch, gentlemen. Great job. Safe travels. Safe travels, Casey. Of course. You and Thank your you. mistress, Tomas. Um, <laughs> Brandon, uh, don't wear yourself out. Not too long behind the wheel. I hope you get the cash so you can go. Put it on eBay the second the show's over. Paul, good luck. To the Musketeers tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Everybody have a safe weekend. Enjoy the game. No drinking and driving. None of that stuff, okay? Let's have a great weekend. We invite you to come back Monday. And hopefully we're talking about a Bengalis win. Have a great weekend, everybody.